Uh, what's up, heathens? Casey, are you here? I'm, uh, if I said no, would you believe me? Uh, not with the Hail Satan written on your foot. What? No, there's... <laughs> <laughs> so in our, in our pre-podcast recording meeting, I was messing with my pen and I had my leg up on John's lap and I was... I didn't realize my pen was out and I drew all over my foot. Yeah, if you want to hear that happen organically, you'll need to be a patron because that's available for patrons. Thank you very much. <laughs> all right, so uh, today we're going over marriage and um, uh, what else? It's uh, marriage, divorce, and sex. Sexual. Sexual um, violations and relations. And relations and stuff. Yeah. Talking about who you can, can't fuck, and uh, all that other kind of shit. All right. So first off, God delivers us pizza women, uh, first off. <laughs> and then um, apparently there are vagina onlookers that will test for your hymen. Um, I don't know how they <laughs> do that. Is that like the technical term, vagina onlookers? <laughs> Yeah, oh. <laughs> I would think like, it would be like kind of like a Publix kind of, you know, like the little aprons they wear. Okay. And it's just vagina onlooker. Oh, and okay. he like looks in your vagina to see if it's like Did you just pristine. Like, physically spread <laughs> your hands apart like you were? Okay, moving on. Vagina onlookers. Vagina onlookers. All right, then we're going to go through the divorce rules and we got some sexual violations going on. Um, uh, adultery, and then there's our sin, actually, which you'll have to figure that one out when we get to it. Um, prostitution, uh, a shockingly uh, diverse amount of incest rules. <laughs> I mean, you would think that there was a problem in the Israelite community with fucking your sister. Which is interesting because that's kind of, it kind of started twice that way. Well, yeah, it did. So I don't know why they got a problem with it now, but apparently there's issues. They all related. <laughs> We're already divert. <laughs> we've already diluted the gene pool enough. We just need to stop fucking. Right. Um, and then we got stuff about riding the crimson wave and then homo conductus bestiality uh, aka ass fucking uh, and then <laughs> separating people meaning the Israelites and some more racist things as well as telling women they can't wear men's clothes because fuck women in See, the Bible I, well and but it's not just women can't wear men's clothes men also can't wear women's clothes you know I don't want to hear that kind of uh, uh, miss uh, what is it called miss misogyny no, 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 not misogyny. Oh. Misanthropy? Oh. Mis misandrist. Misandrist. I think that it's where the women hate the men. I don't want to hear that shit. Is this because you like to wear women's underwear? Hey, shut up. Don't tell people that. <laughs> What's up, heathens? How y'all doing? doing? <laughs> I threw them off. <laughs> <laughs> that was totally organic, but it worked. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we're all going to be going through today. Uh, we have our lovely cruise director, KC, on this incest-filled death boat. That sounds like fun. Also, speaking of cruises... Today I learned. Well, not today. The other day I learned. Um, is that a is that a song too? The other sure. day I learned. Um, it is now. That there is a flat Earth cruise happening next year. I I do not want to go on that cruise. It looks spectacular. I would like if I start questioning shit. 
Are they just going to throw me off the side of it and be like, there's your curve, bitch, and throw me off? <laughs> I don't know, but you might. If, if you go, you just need to wear a life vest all yeah, the time, all like the time. under your clothes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or I could keep my mouth shut, but that would be really hard. Impossible. Yeah. Anyways, so let's get started with the first today. Something about pizza women? No, not pizza <laughs> Not pizza women. We're going to talk about marriage, okay? Um, there are... It, it is... Polygamy is something that is practiced a lot in ancient law. But there is nothing in the laws of Moses about any prerequisites for marriage or regarding any required formalities. The marriage relationship is basically like a perm... It's permanent in nature, right? It's a permanent thing. And necessary for the establishment of Christian... Oh, and necessary for the establishment of certain rights for the legitimacy of sexual relationships, right? And also children. <laughs> so wait, rights for sexual? Yeah, because you can't have sex outside of marriage. Well, yeah, true. I thought that that uh, I mean that whole concept is kind of rooted in having like pure blood offspring or something like that. Oh, all they blood is pure <laughs> because they be fucking their sisters <laughs> and cousins. It's like well, Alabama out in here, guys. What? It's also interesting that they all of a sudden seem to have a problem. With, like, having kids outside of marriage and sex outside of marriage because that's been a normal thing, at least for the men. The men are allowed to do it. Maybe that's just because the society in the time, like I mentioned before, polygamy was – and it was part of um, – it was just part of life. Right. Then. But not necessarily with the Israelites. The Israelites generally disapprove of that kind of thing. So let me get this straight. Every conservative out there that's like keep keep you know uh, keep the traditional marriage going. The traditional marriage is primarily for sex rights. Yeah. Okay. So so whenever you hear traditional marriage being brought up or them wanting to do away with the homo marriage, uh, you know just just remember they're fighting over the right to fuck their own wives. Well, just women, uh, women, like. Women in general. Yeah. So, like, the whole idea of, like, proper marriage now, like, how people think of one man, one woman, it was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, although it would have been Adam and Steve had God made Steve out of Adam's rib. Anyway, um, the notions of proper marriage and stuff like that, that, that doesn't come from here. No. No. It, it doesn't because, I mean – uh, obviously, God is fine with, like, multiple women marriages to one man. Having a slave and fucking the slave as yeah, long usually, as you do it properly. Well, usually they only have the one wife. You only have the one wife. Oh, and then there's concubines. Yeah. All right. So, are we ready to get into it? Yeah. Men, so, men in this society are like, fuck yeah, concubines. <laughs> okay. So, we're going to talk um, – mainly this whole section is from Deuteronomy chapter 21 and a little bit one verse from 24. So first thing we're going to talk about is marrying a captive woman. 
Okay, so when you go to war against your enemies and the Lord your God delivers them into your hands and you take captives, if you notice among the captives a beautiful woman and a woman and are attracted to her, you may take her as your wife. Bring her into your home and have her shave her head, trim her nails, and put aside the clothes she was wearing when captured. After she has lived in your house and mourned her father and mother for a full month, then you may go to her and be her husband. She shall be your wife. If you are not pleased with her, let her go wherever she wishes. You must not sell her or treat her as a slave since you have dishonored her. I wonder how closely they followed that. Like, I don't know. I could just see them sort of tossing her out on her ass with nothing. It kind of seems like an impossible situation for the conquered woman. Well, kind of, yeah, because she doesn't really have much of a choice. Yeah, because right. I mean, she'll I be mean, she'll be thrown out. She can't like nobody he, can take her. In. I mean, she I mean, has she, to. To be fair, she has a month to escape. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a second, God didn't say anything about escape. <laughs> no, but she does have a month. She does have a month to get out of there before he's going to dishonor her. Well, right, but also I like how it's not the woman's decision; it's always the man's decision. Any any place where it talks about like these kind of relations, right? Uh, just man-woman relations, it's always up to the man. The man makes the decision. It's never yep. the woman's decision. No. So, I mean, it's not the woman's decision whether or not she stays with the guy. No. And a lot of Christians now would paint that as, oh, he's doing her a favor. Oh, you, you mean he he did her a favor when he went in and killed her f- whole family and then took her for his own sexual pleasure? Fuck! I didn't realize that was treating the girl good. It's it's not. Don't get any should, fucking ideas. Oh, I was gonna say, should I have done that for you? I mean, if I captured you and just put you in my old house for like a month, <laughs> I would have died. <laughs> it was not that bad. <laughs> you would have had the dogs to keep you company. Oh yes. <laughs> okay. Um. So the next the next section is um about. The first year of marriage is for the man a year of freedom. Okay, so if a man has recently married, he must not be sent to war or have any other duty laid on him. For one year, he is to be he is free to stay at home and bring happiness to the wife he has married. Oh, wait, bring happiness to her. I feel like that means just fucking her all the time and getting her pregnant. Uh, yeah, probably. Because, I mean, if you think about it, like... If he fucks her, gets her pregnant, like as soon as they get they get married, and then she bears a child, and then he's there for a little while, and then he goes off to war. Yeah, it se- it seems like a perfect amount of time, one year. Well, I mean, they kind of have to do that because you don't want to send him away. The whole idea is to make more fucking Israelites. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the next part, Deuteronomy chapter 22, if a man takes a wife and after lying with her, dislikes her and slanders her and gives her a bad name saying, I married the woman, but when I approached her, I did not find proof of her virginity. Then the girl's father and mother shall bring proof that she was a virgin to the town elders at the gate. <laughs> what, what are they going to bring? Here's know. her hymen right here. We got it. We got the we got the pink slip. A certificate. I guess maybe there's like a certificate of authenticity. Uh, I mean, do you think the vagina onlookers have like a notary stamp? But I mean, if he laid with her, she wouldn't be a virgin anymore, no. even if she was. So there's really no way to prove that she was beforehand unless they gave women exams prior to marriage and then they had some sort of fucking certificate. 
That's what yeah. I'm saying. Certificate of authenticity. Validated. <laughs> Validated. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't understand how like these laws are are supposed to be ironclad or, or anything resembling like actual workable laws. Because I mean, there just seems to be so many loopholes here, and they're so vaguely stated and everything. Like well, it's just like a half-assed fleshing out of it. Well, do you want me to give you some more details about this? Oh, I would love more details about how to cast out my new wife. Okay, so the girl's father will say to the elders, "I gave my daughter in marriage to this man, but he dislikes her. Now he has slandered her and said I did not find your daughter to be a virgin." But here's the proof of my daughter's virginity. Then her parents shall display the cloth before the elders of the town, and the elders shall take the man and punish him. They shall find him a hundred shekels of silver and give him to the girl's father, because this man has given an Israelite virgin a bad name. She shall continue to be his wife. He must not divorce her as long as he lives. I don't know what fucking cloth they're talking about. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know either, but can you just imagine the father coming out like, look, I got her, I got her hymen right here. And he flings it, gets it in his eye like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's a good hymen right there. That's not even how that works. You don't know. I do. Yeah. They don't know. They they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, so I don't know. They probably just gave him a certificate. It was like, yep, she ain't been fucked. Okay, so if, however, the charge is true or no proof of the girl's virginity can be found, she shall be brought to the door of the father's house, and there the men of her town shall stone her to death. Oh, fuck. She has done a disgraceful thing in Israel by being promiscuous while still in her father's house. You must purge the evil from among you. Oh, wow. So, uh, I mean, holy shit. Yeah. Okay, so let me get this straight. If, if, the, if the guy's lying... Yeah. Right. He gets he gets punished, quote unquote punished. I don't know. He gets what that, fined money. Well, uh, yeah. Is that the punishment? Yeah, or hundred shekels. I told you that. Well, you no, know, I heard the hundred shekels, but I thought maybe he got like a cat of nine tails across the back, and then no, he, he just has to fined. pay. Well, he has to keep her. Oh, okay. He has to keep the woman. He's not allowed to divorce her. Um, he gets um, fined money, and he has to keep the wife. So okay, but if if the woman was not found to be a virgin, uh, you don't have that certificate. Did she get fucking killed? Yeah. That doesn't seem like it's it's very fair in the punishment, especially with such vague rules around it. I mean, like if you're if you're the father and you like forget to you know I don't know file away your taxes one day, <laughs> and it gets lost, and then it's like oh no, my daughter's gonna die if he's if he's a bastard. Whammon. Whammon. Uh, it just, it's very uneven with the punishment. Yeah. Um, so the, the scriptures are really vague about divorce. Okay. But in Deuteronomy chapter four, they kind 24, sorry, they kind of address it a little bit. If a man marries a woman who becomes displeasing to him because he finds something indecent about her, whatever that may be. And he writes her a certificate of divorce, gives it to her and sends her from his house and if after she leaves his house, she becomes the wife of another man and her second husband dislikes her and writes her a certificate of divorce, gives it to her and sends her from his house. Or if he dies, then her first husband who divorced her is not allowed to marry her again after she has been defiled. That would be detestable in the eyes of the Lord. Do not bring sin upon the land the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance. I mean, this seems like one of those weird laws that you'd have. 
so, like in, in the on the book, like don't masturbate into the wind kind I, of thing. Well, I love how the husband just gets to fucking take a piece of parchment, write a certificate of divorce on it, hand it to the bitch, and be like, "You've been pink slipped. Get the fuck out." <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I mean, can you imagine? I could just imagine a real sassy husband. He's like, he writes the divorce thing and then wipes his ass with it because <laughs> you know they're dirty as fuck. And then he gives it to her. He's like, "There's your divorce paper. Good luck not getting fucking stoned." Well, so it's interesting, though, because then she goes and marries another man, but she's not a virgin. So, like, that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, what if that guy is not pleased with the fact that she's been plowed before? I mean, he well, could he just have, have her stoned. Her. He doesn't have to marry her. Uh, but she was married. So it's not like she did something wrong by having sex because she was married. Also, it's not her fault that she's divorced because she didn't get to decide. No. He decided for her. Again, it is up to the man. Yes. I'm starting. This is definitely patriarchal society. Like a lot of people like to, you know, talk about how we're a patriarchal society. And I agree in some ways that kind of is true. But at the same time, uh, like, like I, I, we are, we are in no way, shape or form near to this level of patriarchy. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So you ready to move on to sexual violations? Oh, do I want to? Yeah. Yes. The rest of the whole entire time is about sexual violations. Mm. So <clears throat> before we start though, there is a section about, um, making sure that the Israelites are contrasted with pagans. They must not do as as the pagans do in Egypt, right, where they used to live. They have to obey God's laws and be careful to follow his de- decrees. Then I am the Lord your God. Keep my decrees and laws for the man who obeys them will live them. I am the Lord. So we're going to start off sexual violations with that for some fucking reason. All right. <laughs> so the first part is adultery. Okay, so Deuteronomy chapter 5, adultery is prohibited. You shall not commit adultery, right? Oh, well, that convinces me right there. Yes. Uh, Leviticus chapter 18, do not have sexual relations with your neighbor's wife and defile yourself with her. So don't fuck the neighbors. (laughs) Damn it. You can just imagine all all the Jews right now. They're like, fuck, I thought we were going to get that one. Uh, In Leviticus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 22, if a man is found sleeping with another man's wife, both the man who slept with her and the woman must die, you must purge evil from Israel. You know, whenever something is talking about you must purge evil, you might want to step back for a minute and be like, I don't know about this yet. (laughs) Yeah, you might want to get some sort of fire retardant something to throw over you. Yeah. Because God's about to fucking flame your ass. (laughs) Okay, um, let's see. Deuteronomy chapter 22. If a man happens to meet a town of, in a town a virgin pledged to be married and he sleeps with her, you shall take both of them to the gate of that town and stone them to death. The girl, because she was in a town and did not scream for help, and the man, because he violated another man's wife. You must purge the evil from among you. Oh, of course. Oh, that was for one, a woman who's betrothed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because she's pledged to be married to somebody else and you done fucked her. So Mm. you ruined her for her husband. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. um, In Leviticus chapter 19, there are some rules here where a betrothed is a slave. If a man sleeps with a woman who is a slave girl promised to another man, but who has not yet been ransomed or given her freedom, then he mu- there must be due punishment. They are not to be put to death because she had not been freed. 
Uh, the man, however, is fine to fuck her if she's a slave. That's cool. But she's betrothed. She hadn't been freed yet. So we have a little bit of a problem because she was going to be freed. Okay. The man, however, must bring a ram to the entrance of the tent of the meeting for a guilt offering to the Lord. With the ram of the guilt offering, the priest is to make atonement for him before the Lord for the sin he has committed, and his sin will be forgiven. Okay, so let me get this straight. The man rapes the slave that's betrothed betrothed to Uh another person, Uh and he can just have the sin wiped away? Like, what happens to the girl? Is she just used up now? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, is she stoned or anything? Well, no, because she wasn't, she had not been freed. So she's not going to be punished or killed. Oh, okay. But she's not a virgin anymore. So she's unclean. It just, I don't know. I I can see them taking it as like, oh, look, rape train on the slave girl. Yeah, no. (laughs) That was probably something that happened, but I don't know. Um... Okay, so there is a test of adultery. You ready? Numbers chapter 5. And this is a lot. (laughs) Then the Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, if a man's wife goes astray and is unfaithful to him by sleeping with another man, and this is hidden from her husband and her impurity is undetected since there's no witness against her and she has not been caught... And if feelings of jealousy come over her husband and he suspects his wife and she is impure, or if he is jealous and suspects her even though she is not impure, then he is to take his wife to the priest. He must also take an offering of a tenth of an e. I need to figure out how to say that fucking word. (laughs) (laughs) Barley flour on her behalf. He must not pour oil in it or on it. Or put incense on it, because it is a grain offering for jealousy, a reminder offering to draw attention to guilt. Okay. Okay. This is whether she's guilty or not, if the husband's just jealous. Oh, okay. The priest shall bring her and have her stand before the Lord. Then he shall take some holy water in a clay jar and put some dust from the tabernacle floor in the water. After the priest has had the woman stand before the Lord, he shall loosen her hair and place in her hands the the reminder offering, the grain offering for jealousy, while he himself holds the bitter water that brings a curse. Then the priest shall put the woman under oath and say to her, if no other man has slept with you and you have not gone astray and become impure while married to your husband, may this bitter water that brings a curse not harm you. But if you have gone astray while married to your husband and you have defiled yourself by sleeping with a man other than your husband, here the priest is to put the woman under the curse of the oath. May the Lord cause your people to curse and denounce you when he causes your thigh to waste away and your abdomen to swell. May this water that brings a curse enter your body so that your abdomen swells and your thigh wastes away. Basically, the bitter water, if she slept with another man and got pregnant, this was going to uh, end her pregnancy. It was They were essentially poisoning her. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it. Yeah, but it doesn't kill her. It just kills the prospective baby. Right. So God's okay with abortion as long as it's kind of like, oh, the 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 bitch got out of the out of the yard and got fucked by the neighbor dog. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Then the woman is to say, "Amen." So be it. The priest is to write these curses on a scroll and then wash them off into the bitter water. He shall have the woman drink the bitter water that brings a curse, and this water will enter her and cause bitter suffering. The priest is to take from her hands the grain offering for jealousy, 
wave it before the Lord and bring it to the altar. The priest is then to take a handful of the grain offering as a memorial offering and burn it on the altar. After that, he is to have the woman drink the water. If she has defiled herself and been unfaithful to her husband, then when she is made to drink the water that brings a curse, it will go into her and cause bitter suffering. Her abdomen will swell and her thigh will waste away. Um, the thigh will waste away basically means it's causing you to have a miscarriage. Um, it can also cause you to be barren. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> drink this and you will have kids no more. I mean, I don't know. That just doesn't seem right. Yeah, she will have barrenness in a miscarrying womb. Okay. And she will become accursed among her people. If, however, the woman has not defiled herself and is free from impurity, she will be cleared of guilt and will be able to have children. Well, uh, well, I mean, okay, so let's, let's get this straight, okay, people? <clears throat> the priest writes down the curse on a piece of paper. A scroll, yeah. Uh, a scroll, and mm -hmm. then dips it in the bitter water. Yeah. Which I'm guessing is some kind of like alcohol or something. No, it's wa it's holy water and dirt and shit. Oh, okay. So he dips it in the dirt water. Uh huh. And then the words are supposed to fall off of it and curse the dirt water. Yeah. And then she drinks the dirt water, and apparently it either makes her barren and kills the kid that possibly could be growing inside of her, or she's free to go. Like, well, either, no, either way, it's going to cause suffering. I think it has something to do with what was in the ink in the, you know, that they wrote on the scroll with, because that, I think that's what caused the water to be like harmful to her. And so they, I mean, not like any of this well, actually happened, but, but the point is, is that she's going to suffer either way. Well, so if she was guilty, then she'll never have another child. If it will, she'll miscarry and she'll never have another child. If she was innocent, then she'll not miscarry, but she'll still suffer horribly. And then eventually she'll be able to have a kid again. No, but you see, that doesn't actually track. I know. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I guess what I was saying is that it, it, it would be ingenious if it was like in the ink. Right. Like I get that. Like that makes sense. Like it's in the ink and it was because I was thinking magically before, like, you know, the words made the water like some kind of poison. Yeah. But no, it makes sense that if it was in the ink. So I get that part. But I mean, regardless of whether or not there was a a fetus inside the girl, she would still be barren, like regardless of what happened, like. She, it, it's basically, oh, you fucked around on me here. I'm going to make you barren so that you can't have kids ever again. Well, yeah, but this isn't if this isn't if she fucked around or not. This or if she fucked around. This is the I husband got jealous, right? And he doesn't know if she fucked around, right? So we're going to curse her. Wow. Yeah. So if your if your Jew husband gets jealous, <laughs> he can cause you to never have kids again. Yeah. Okay. Next up, you ready? Let's do it. Well, this section is called fornication. However, we already read the stuff about it in Deuteronomy chapter 22. Um, sexual relations between unmarried people can result in certain adverse consequences. Um, as noted previously, the woman's lack of virginity at the time of marriage can be subject to her punishment. And by punishment, they mean death. 
When you said adverse consequences, I just started thinking about like the Japanese tentacle porn. Why? <laughs> well, it's like when you have sex outside marriage, weird shit can happen. It's like, oh, okay. I didn't realize it was this kind of weird shit. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, prostitution is the next section. Um, Leviticus chapter 19. Do not degrade your daughter by making her a prostitute or the land will turn to prostitution and be filled with wickedness. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 23 says, No Israelite man or woman is to become a shrine prostitute. You must not bring the earnings of a female prostitute or of a male prostitute into the house of the Lord your God to pay any vow because the Lord your God detests them both. So you can't, if you make money being a prostitute, you can't bring it to God's house to like pay for atonement. Mm. Well, and I mean, I think the whole temple prostitute thing was more about uh, competing religions in the area. Because, I mean, that that wouldn't, like, they wouldn't have Jewish temples with prostitutes outside of it. Well, no. Or inside of it, either one. No. So, I mean, I think that that is probably more about, like, not being, or being different than religions that are around them, um, possibly. I don't know. You ready to move on to incest? Oh, do I ever. Okay. Parents. No one is to approach any close relative to have sexual relations. I am the Lord. Do not dishonor your father by having sexual relations with your mother. She is your mother. Do not have relations with her. Who who in the world did like Cain or Abel fuck in order to have kids? I guess that would be, uh, <laughs> what was it, the Abel? Neighbor, the neighbor lady. The, what neighbor lady? It I was don't know. Adam there were and other Eve. People. There were other people. It's well known that there were other people. I think it's well known that, you know, Abel fucked his mom. <laughs> Okay. Um, do not have sexual relations with your father's wife. That would dishonor your father. Don't fuck your mom. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that is in Leviticus 18 and Deuteronomy 22. Okay. Leviticus 20. Oh, this is the penalty. Sorry. This is the penalty for that. If a man sleeps with his father's wife, he has dishonored his father. Both the man and the woman must be put to death. Their <laughs> blood will be on their own hands. What, what, if, what if the son rapes the father's wife? Is, is she? I guess she's still stoned to fuck? Well, yeah, I'm sure. What difference does it make? Yeah, I don't know. They can't prove shit. <laughs> they don't care. All right, next. Sister, do not have sexual relations with your sister, either your father's daughter or your mother's daughter, whether she was born in the same home or elsewhere. Uh, Half-sister, do not have sexual relations with the daughter of your father's wife born to your father. She is your sister. And the penalty, if a man marries his sister, the daughter of either his father or his mother, and they have sexual relations, it is a disgrace. They must be cut off before the eyes of their people. He has dishonored his sister and he will be held responsible. You got to wonder exactly how rampant was the incest in the Jew culture <laughs> at this point? Like, I mean, do you just have like Samuel and uh, I don't know, what's a, what's a Jewish girl name? Edna? <laughs> <laughs> Samuel and Edna are just fucking it out in their tent? I don't, I don't know. All right, granddaughter, do not have sexual relations with your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter. That would dishonor you. Uh, aunt or uncle, do not have sexual relations with your father's sister. She is your father's close relative. Do not have sexual relations with your mother's sister because she is your mother's close relative. Do not dishonor your father's brother by approaching his wife to have sexual relations. She is your aunt. Penalty, do not have sexual relations with the sister of either your mother or your father for that would dishonor a close relative. Both of you will be held responsible. If a man sleeps with his aunt, he has dishonored his uncle. They will be held responsible and they will die childless. Oh, well, hold on. Does that mean that they'll die right then? Or it's like, eh, eventually you'll die, but you won't have kids. No, I'm pretty sure they die right then. Oh, okay. 
Uh, daughter-in-law, do not have sexual relations with your daughter-in-law. She is your son's wife. Do not have relations with her. The penalty, if a man sleeps with his father's wife, he has dishonored his father. Uh, both the man and the woman must be put to death. Their blood will be on their own hands. Okay. Sister-in-law, do not have sexual relations with your brother's wife. That would dishonor your brother. If a man marries his brother's wife, it is an act of impurity. He has dishonored his brother and they will be childless. Didn't God kill a guy because he didn't impregnate his brother's wife with his own... Well, his brother died. That's different. Oh, okay. So if the brother's dead, the wife is free reign. Okay. Well, not free reign. If the brother dies, that's who she marries. All these rules are confusing. I feel like, uh, I mean, it's almost like you have to have like a Jew book on your mantle in order to consult all of these different Jew rules. Yeah, that's what this is for. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Mother and daughter do not have sexual relations with both a woman and her daughter. Do not have sexual relations with either her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter. They are her close relatives. That is wickedness. If a man marries both a woman and her mother, it is wicked. Both he and they must be burned in the fire so that no wickedness will be among you. You know what I haven't heard? Huh? Cousins are not off limits. No, cousins aren't off. Well, they don't have a choice. (laughs) All right. Two sisters. Do not take your wife's sister as a rival wife and have sexual relations with her while your wife is living. Wait, hold on. Say that again? Like, as a rival wife? Yeah. What if you take her as a concubine? Is that possible? I mean, it doesn't say... Don't do that. Well, it says... (laughs) Do not take her as a rival wife and have sexual relations with her. So, I don't know. It doesn't say and or. Yeah. I mean, I guess we could argue semantics. They they had lawyers back then. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I'm good at the lawyering. <laughs> okay. Um, that's it for incest. You ready oh, to go- damn. Yeah. You ready to go into violation of uncleanness? You know, they didn't cover like grandfather and great or great grandfather and great grandchild. So I'm wondering if that's still on the table. <sighs> I feel like there the age difference is enough to where it would be a child and elsewise it would be not right <laughs> uh, I like think, before they die like the old person would die before the person was not a child maybe anyway violation of uncleanness because a woman is considered ceremonially unclean during her menstrual period sexual relations during that time are prohibited oh that's the riding the crimson wave yeah or tide whatever <laughs> uh so leviticus chapter 18 and 20 is where this comes from do not approach a woman to have sexual relations during the uncleanness of her monthly period the penalty if a man lies with a woman during her monthly period and has sexual relations with her he has exposed the source of her flow and she has also uncovered it both of them must be cut off from their people (laughs) damn yeah one one crimson tide ride (laughs) and it's like you're out of the gang yep that's that's kind of harsh don't you think i mean i do i mean the i don't i don't think that that should get you kicked out of the club but i mean he's exposed the source of her flow i mean honestly if you didn't know the source (laughs) of the flow beforehand maybe you need to take like a biology class or something i don't know whatever they had back then anatomy well i don't know what they had back then they probably didn't have any kind of classes it's like oh well what happens to her during this time of the month demons come out of her vagina and (laughs) they suck your wee wee up it's like oh okay thanks we still have never watched teeth what no you remember Mm -hmm. you do remember i know you remember i do remember and no oh okay a woman going around with pussy teeth no we're not watching that (laughs) okay next up homosexual practices oh this is the homo conductus (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, homosexual conduct is prohibited. Do not lie with a man as one lies with a woman that is detestable. Mm-hmm. The penalty, if a man lies with a man as one lies with a woman, both of them have done what is detestable. They must be put to death. Their blood will be on their own hands. Yeah, and I always like it how the apologists get around this part. Like, I literally had a Jehovah's Witness woman standing in front of me, and I asked her to read that particular verse. She fucking half-assed it. Why? Why? Uh, I'm guessing she didn't want to read the part that says, then their blood will be on upon their hands, like, kill them. Yeah. Like she, she only well, read. I mean, it straight says put him to death. Well, yeah, I know. But they she, must be put to death. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 13. Well, that's what I'm saying. She half asked the verse because she only read half the verse and then she stopped when it talked about killing them. Yeah, of course. They don't ever want to talk about the uncomfortable things. <sighs> well, you know, I mean, it's honestly, that's one of the reasons why I'm so opposed to the idea of objective morality. And I don't think that it exists because at this time, you know, when the, when, in the time that they're talking about in the Bible, that would have been fine. Putting these people to death not only would have been fine, it would have been what you had to do to please your God and everybody would have been happy to do it. But now they can't even hardly talk about it because they know it's wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Because society tells them it's wrong and they know that it is not the right thing to do. So that's just, it's... That is an indication to me that morality, even though the book is exactly the same as it was then, it's exactly the same as it was not technically delivered to Moses. But in the story, as delivered to Moses, it's the same as it is then, as it is now. It, I mean, except for all the translations and everything else, if you want to get into all of that. But anyways, it's the same. Then it was fine. Now it's not. And so morality is not objective. No, I wouldn't say that morality is objective at all. Um, I'm I'm right there with you on that, um, because I, like a lot of Christian apologists, with this particular verse, what they'll do is they'll say, well, the like there this particular thing has two different types of laws in it. Mm-hmm. There's the um, it's not ceremonial or, or civil. It's um, the uh, spiritual law. Or something like that. Like, uh, oh, laws against morality. Mm-hmm. Uh, laws on morality. Like, the first half of it is the law on morality. And then the second part is more uh, civil law. Like, it was it was a law for that particular group of people. Mm-hmm. And that's how they rationalize it. But, I mean, it, it, if you're going to sit there and be like, well, this is an objective book of God's word. Then, I mean, shouldn't that objective thing always be objective? Always. Like, it would is always it, be true. Right. And so, like, now when we look back on that society, can we objectively say that they were wrong? And I think that we can. Like, I think that we can say that, yes, that is wrong. Like, I guess technically that's still a subjective view of it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, even even the book shows how it is subjective and how it doesn't because – God makes that law for that particular time period for those particular people, according to the apologists. Mm-hmm. He makes it for that time, but then it's not applicable for other people, other places, other times. It's subjective in their own apology for it. Yeah. Okay, next is bestiality. That's all they say about homos. They don't care about the rest of it. I personally don't care who anybody decides to fuck, and I don't think anybody should be put to death for who they have sex with. Ass fucking for all! I mean, you don't have to be homosexual to ass fuck. I know. Okay. Um, And it's funny that you say ass fucking for all. We're getting ready to talk about bestiality. Oh! Mm -hmm. Uh, Bestiality is prohibited. 
obviously. Do not have sexual relations with an animal and defile yourself with it. A woman must not present herself to an animal to have sexual relations with it. That is a perversion. If a man has sexual relations with an animal, he must be put to death and you must kill the animal. If a woman approaches an animal to have sexual relations with it, kill both the woman and the animal, they must be put to death. Their blood will be on their own heads. This time on their heads. Yeah. So, in conclusion, do not defile yourself in any of these ways because this is how the nations that I am going to drive out before you became defiled. Even the land was defiled, so I punish it for its sin, and the land vomited out its inhabitants. But you must keep my decrees and my laws. The native-born and the aliens living among you must not do any of these detestable things, for all of these things were done by the people who lived in the land before you, and the land became defiled. And if you defile the land, it will vomit you out, as it vomited out the nations that were before you. So there's a popular meme going around that's Mm -hmm. black panther and he's like no we don't do that here and i'm just imagining that meme right now (laughs) with everything that we've gone over right here (laughs) it's like can i fuck a horse no No, we we don't don't do do that that here (laughs) everyone who does any of these detestable things such persons must be cut off from their from their people keep my requirements and do not follow any of the detestable customs that were practiced before you came and do not defile yourselves with them i am the lord your god well, I, I would like to point out how this right here actually just said exactly what I had said earlier mm-hmm. in it, that this was all, – all of these rules and everything like that was more about separating themselves from the uh, surrounding religion and community and, and other people. Yeah, which is interesting because in Leviticus chapter 20 it says, But I said to you, you will possess their land. I will give it to you as an inheritance, a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God who has set you apart from the nations. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it's it's painfully obvious that they only made these rules because – they left like okay just a little bit of a nerdy thing right now um so archaeology is is shown us a lot of different things about like old testament time periods yeah one of those things is the origins of the israelite people and it uh, actually um a lot of evidence leads us to consider the fact that they are just canaanites that left the canaanite region or whatnot or the people and started to live in these different areas, and that's how they started the Israelite nation. And, it, like, you know, the parts and numbers where they talk about having so many millions of people, mm-hmm. they, that is not supported by history at all. Like, the, archaeologically, there was, like, very few numbers of, of Israelites, like, on the hundreds almost. Well, there's also no evidence of, like, mass enslavement in Egypt. Right. Of these people. Right. Uh, there, there's there's none of that. Actually, there's uh, the first mention of any Israelites, I think, is in 1206 BC, which is about 200 years after Abraham. Uh, or wait. No, that's. No, yeah, that's about 200 years about after Abraham was supposed to have been like that. Yeah. And that's when supposedly the whole Exodus thing was to happen. But, um, like, th- that's how we know that there wasn't a lot of them. Because, like, on that particular tablet, they mentioned the Israelites, mm-hmm. but they only mentioned them as a people group and not, like, a city-state. Yeah. 
And that is more of an indication of their size rather than like how people around there considered them. Like they just were not a very large group. Well, and, you know, according to the Bible, there were, what, 660 some thousand odd men. Yeah. So they would have been a much bigger deal. People would have talked about them. Oh, yeah. A lot more than we actually find in history. They would have clashed with people, had wars. Like there would have been a lot of evidence of them. Uh, okay, the last thing today is separation of sexes. Okay, so in Deuteronomy chapter 22, basically... Finally, we're going to separate the men from the women yeah. from the pussy men. <laughs> They're called Metro. Metro, oh, okay. Yeah. The Metro Jews. <laughs> a woman must not wear men's clothing, nor a man wear women's clothing. For the Lord your God detests anyone who does this. That's it. That's all it says. Oh, okay. So... Yeah. There are no Jew traps. Do you know what a trap is? <laughs> yes. There are no Jew traps because all the Jew traps were killed. Are there Jew twinks? You know, probably in secret. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, they do a lot of shady shit behind the scenes cuz I mean, if you <laughs> if you got if you guys don't know, I mean, there is a lot of sexual abuse that happens in uh, Judaism even today. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, like um, there there are these bathhouses, and and they regularly violate kids in there. There are um, in, in a lot of the temples and whatnot. You have uh, these Jewish elders that will violate young kids. I wonder why, because they're allowed to get married. Yeah, I mean they are, but um, I think that it's aren't rabbis allowed to get married? Uh, I'm fairly certain they are. I'm not exactly sure. But, uh, you know, the whole thing is more about power and control rather than sexual, um, you know, uh, uh, or, or being sexually attracted. Like like they're more attracted to the hour, uh, to the aspect of controlling and, and being powerful over like a child rather than like the actual sexual experience kind of thing. Yeah. But that's all for today. You want to go over what we're doing next week? Sure, let's do that. Uh, we're going to talk about health and dietary laws. All right. Yeah, so we're going to talk about leprosy, um, boils, burns, itch, a diagnosis of itch, um, spots, baldness, sick people. If you have mold in your clothes, you might want to wash them. Um, if you have mold in your house, um, also, if you have mold in your house that won't go away, burn the motherfucker down and start over. <laughs> what um, if you got a moldy dick? <laughs> Um, Burn the motherfucker down, start over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out next week. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about discharges, which is going to be really great. Um, again, with the period talk, because the Bible cares. Pe men at this time really cared a lot about what was going on down there with women. Um, we're also going to talk about emission of semen. Uh, we're going to talk about isolation. And that'll... That'll be it, and then we follow the next week of that with dietary regulations. Oh, awesome. Cannot wait for that one. <laughs> Anyways, heathens, I hope that you enjoyed this. Please let us know which particular rule you found to be interesting today. Personally, I think it's the amount of time they spent on incest and how many rules they laid down and how many family members they actually left out. Yeah. I think I think the one that I found the most interesting is how um, a man's jealousy can lead to a woman being barren. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Anyways, uh, we would love to hear your comments or read them, however that's supposed to work in reality. 
and down there in the comment section and i guess we will be seeing you heathens later don't forget to stand up and use your voice bye heathens bye y'all <laughs>